0: Has there ever been a time in your life when you needed someone to defend you? You needed someone to take up your cause. And the one person, the only person who could advocate on your behalf, failed you. They failed. I know of a case where two best friends, they worked together. One of the friends, on a certain occasion, was with a group of coworkers and with their boss. And the co-workers started slandering the friend who was not present. They started saying untrue things about him in front of their boss. In the moment, the guy's best friend, he was the only person who could stand up for the truth. Who could stand up and defend this man in front of his boss. But he didn't. He didn't stand up for his friend. He froze up in fear. And his friend ended up losing his job because of it. Can you imagine how the friend who lost his job felt? One of his best friends had not come to his defense. Has there ever been a time when the one person who could defend you failed to stand up for you? Well, today in our passage, we will see in Genesis 40, that though people will fail us, God is our faithful advocate. So we can walk by faith in him. We will see this in Genesis 40, but we'll start in Genesis 39, if you want to go ahead and turn to Genesis 39 in your Bible. In chapter 40 we will see that Joseph is still stuck. He's still languishing in prison after having been slandered, framed by the wife of his master. A master that Joseph had because he'd been captured by his brothers, thrown into a pit, and sold into slavery. This is chapter 40, builds on chapter 39. We are going to start reading In verse 20 of Genesis 39, verse 20, this is God's word to us this morning. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. And he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. And one night, they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, each his own dream, and each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers, who were with him in custody in his master's house. Why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, We've had dreams and there's no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me. And on the vine, there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, This is its interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there was all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. In three days... Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree and the birds will eat the flesh from you. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. This is the word of the Lord for us to morning. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that every word of Scripture is inspired. It's breathed out by you. And it is profitable for us. And so we pray that we would profit this morning from your word as it's preached, as it goes forth. Lord, change our hearts. Help us to see your glory in the face of Christ. Illuminate our hearts to this text this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So in this passage this morning, we see that though people will fail us, God is our advocate. So we can walk by faith in him. Our hope is not in mankind. Our hope is in the Lord. For salvation is of the Lord. Even if people hate us, betray us, attack us, slander us, accuse us, frame us. We have nothing to fear. God is on our side. He is fighting our cause. We can relentlessly pursue His agenda, the cause of His eternal glory. For though people will fail us, God is our faithful advocate so we can walk by faith in him and we'll see this through three things that the passage brings out for us first joseph's faith second the cupbearer's forgetfulness and third god's faithfulness so let's first look at joseph's faith Though Joseph had been betrayed, sold, abandoned, framed, imprisoned, he still walks with steadfast faith in the Lord. His life, it seems all but over. He is all but dead, and yet he still seeks to serve the Lord with all of his heart. Because he's faithfully serving the lord and not man first potiphar and then the keeper of the prison they trust him they trust him to be in charge joseph was so faithful that god tells us in genesis 39 verse 23 the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in joseph's charge so if the keeper put joseph in charge of the prison chores Cleaning the the prison cells. The chores are going to get done. The cells are going to get cleaned. If the keeper put Joseph in charge of keeping all the prisoners safe from attacking each other in their spare time, then Joseph kept the prisoners safe. They didn't attack one another. Friends, do you see how revolutionary the nature of, of Joseph's faith is? You see how this faith in God leads him to operate in a way that cuts against some of the key foundations of our own culture. Joseph, he's trapped, ensnared in a system of injustice. The very walls which enclose him are walls of injustice. If anyone had the right to foment a rebellion, the right to throw off his unjust shackles, it was Joseph. He'd done nothing wrong. He had been denied justice. He didn't have his day in court. But he doesn't throw off the prison keeper. He doesn't plan his vengeance against Potiphar and his wife. Joseph committed himself to being a blessing. A blessing to the unjust prison in which he's kept. How is this possible? How does it make any sense for Joseph to bless those who are actively, daily, committing injustice against him? It only makes sense by faith in God. It only makes sense by faith in a system of justice that extends well beyond Joseph's little Egyptian It only makes sense by faith in a cosmic, eternal system of justice upheld by God. So it is true that we do exercise faith when we trust God to change our situation and even we can work to, to get ourselves out of our unjust situation. We're going to see Joseph do that later. But more often, we exercise faith by trusting God's purpose in our circumstances, trusting him for wisdom, for how to live a blessing in a situation that doesn't appear to change. Joseph, by faith, sees his prison sentence as a slight and momentary affliction that's not worth comparing to the eternal weight of glory. That's awaiting him in God's eternal, universal system of justice. So I think a good question for us this morning, it's a good question for me that I need to continually ask myself, is our faith in God, is it causing us to work in this manner? Does our faith lead us to be a blessing, to go above and beyond what's required, what's expected for our boss at work, for our team leaders, for our coworkers around us, for our parents, for our siblings, for our kids in our home? Even if the task at hand seems to be a thankless job and we're not re- receiving thanks from anyone around us, even if it's not a world changing job or even if the, the corporate or the political system that we're in it doesn't seem to be fair at times it doesn't seem to be just cleaning prison latrines in the Egyptian heat which I'm sure was part of Pharaoh's, or part of Joseph's job that's no joke, not something that we want to do it's not world changing but when you're cleaning a latrine, a bathroom for the glory of God. Cleaning a latrine becomes of eternal significance, of eternal value and weightiness. Not because of the bathroom's inherent value, but because of the eternal value of the one for whom we're doing it, the one for whom we are accomplishing this task, the eternal value of God. whatever we put our hand to at work or at home, whether we're changing diapers or shopping for groceries, making dinner or cleaning our rooms, let's do it with all of our heart, knowing that our work is of eternal significance, eternal value, when we're doing it for God's glory. We also see Joseph's faith on display when the baker and the cupbearer commit this offense against Pharaoh. Potiphar, captain of the guard, he places them in prison under Joseph's charge, likely knowing that these high officials, these one-time royal confidants of Pharaoh, they're going to be taken good care of in the prison under Joseph's attentive care. And after these two royal officials, they both have their troubling dreams on the same night, Joseph again displays his faith in God with the response he gives to them in verse 8. Well, let's look at Genesis 40, verse 8 together again. We, we have had dreams and there's no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Please, tell them to me. Joseph's faith in God was not just an abstract, theoretical faith. Not just a faith about what would happen to him when he dies someday. Joseph's faith had real-life, everyday, practical ramifications. Ramifications that extended to everyday questions of life when the baker and the cupbearer both have these disturbing dreams on the exact same night, when they both wake up longing for someone to interpret their dreams for them, of course, Joseph's going to say, let's ask God. Let's go to God, the one from whom dreams come, the one from whom interpretations come. So how, how does this apply to us? Well, first, clarification, this does not mean that we should be regularly seeking dreams and interpreting dreams from God. Rather, This is a case where God makes it very obvious that his dream has come from him. The dream served an important purpose that God has in the life of Joseph, in the life of Israel, in the history of the salvation of God's people. But Scripture never commands us to seek after dreams, to to seek after them as a means of guidance for everyday decisions or or big life-changing decisions. It seems that rather what this story teaches us, with Joseph as an example, is that faith readies us to point others to God. The cupbearer and the baker, they were lost. They're confused. They have no foundation. They're looking for an answer. They have no hope. And at the very moment of their need, Joseph's ready to step in and point them to the one who has the answer, to by faith point them to the only source of all wisdom in life God. For us, we can be ready when people are questioning, when they're looking for hope. For guidance in their lives, we could be ready to point them to the only way to the Father, the light of the world, the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So we can learn from Joseph to walk by faith in all circumstances and to be ready when others are questioning to help them see and understand God's revelation, what He's revealed to us in His. Word, the scriptures. The second thing we see in this passage this morning is the cupbearer's forgetfulness. If Joseph provides us, in some sense, almost like this ideal perspective of someone who's living by faith in God, devoting themselves to the Lord in all circumstances, the the cupbearer here provides us with almost the opposite. Joseph had had faithfully attended to the cupbearer and the baker when they're in prison. Joseph had proven the credibility of his claim to being innocent by miraculously interpreting the dreams of these two men. And for all his care and his his attendance to the cupbearer, Joseph just has one request. Verse 14. Only remember me when it is well with you. And please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh and so get me out of this house. So make no mistake, Joseph is serving the Lord faithfully. with with seeming contentment, going above and beyond. He is being a blessing in this prison to the other prisoners, being a blessing to his master. But if he can find a way to persuade the authorities of his innocence, he's going to take the opportunity before him. However, when the cupbearer is released from prison, does the cupbearer remember him? No, he forgets Joseph. He completely, it, he goes blank. For two whole years, he forgets Joseph. When Joseph says to the cupbearer, please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, the word that Joseph uses for kindness is the word chesed, the word that the Lord uses for his own steadfast kindness, his own steadfast love to his people. Joseph, in a sense, is inviting. He's calling, he, he's asking the cupbearer to imitate God in showing Joseph steadfast kindness in advocating for Joseph before Pharaoh. Joseph, he rightfully wants and he expects kindness from the cupbearer. Steadfast kindness is something God requires all people to show to all other people. Mankind, God's image bearers. We should be people who are steadfast in kindness to all. Listen to what Jesus says in Luke chapter 6 verses 35 to 36. Jesus says, God is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. What Jesus is saying that is that we must show steadfast kindness to all, even as God shows steadfast kindness to all, even those who are not thankful toward us. Even those who are evil around us, we must show steadfast kindness to them, like Joseph in prison. In our passage this morning, the cupbearer does not show steadfast kindness to Joseph. Rather, he forgets him in his time of need. Now, the cupbearer, he does eventually remember Joseph. We're going to learn about that later. But even then, it doesn't seem to be out of steadfast kindness for Joseph. It's rather seems to be a need of political opportunism, right? The need of the political moment to please Pharaoh. Oh, I remember this guy who can interpret your dream. The cupbearer, he forgets Joseph. He fails to show kindness to Joseph. But God God does not forget. We saw that at the end of chapter 39. God continued to show steadfast love to Joseph. So this is instructive for us this morning. It's not wrong for us to ask others and even to expect others to show us steadfast kindness. But we can be tempted sometimes To put all of our hope in other people for the kindness we all need. But God is the only one who always provides steadfast kindness. And always does it perfectly. God never forgets. God never halts. He never stops showing his love and kindness to his people. Listen to Isaiah 49 verses 14 and 15. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. This is God's people talking. They're saying, God forgot us. Now this is God's response to them. Can a woman forget her nursing child? That she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget yet I will not forget you. A mother might forget to show kindness to her nursing infant, but the Lord will not forget his people. We've seen Joseph's faith and we've seen the cupbearer's forgetfulness. Now let's look more closely at the Lord's faithfulness this faithfulness of the Lord that we've just been discussing. Even though the cupbearer did forget Joseph in prison and and though it could seem like God had forgotten Joseph in prison, the Lord had been and still is remaining faithful to Joseph even while in prison. God is behind the scenes, invisibly working as Joseph's Loving advocate, working as the one who is unbeknownst to those around. God is working, upholding Joseph's cause. Let's look at just some of the ways that God's faithful advocacy was present to Joseph, even in the midst of unjust slavery, an unjust prison sentence. At the end of chapter 39 we saw that the Lord was with Joseph showing him steadfast love because he was with him God gave Joseph favor in the sight of the prison keeper God gave Joseph all authority in this prison so that whatever is done in the prison is done by Joseph God gave Joseph a master who was not hounding him, not always looking over his shoulder. And some of us know what that feels like, to have a a boss hounding us and looking over our shoulder all the time. God gave Joseph success in all his work. Now today in chapter 40, we see God in his faithful providence. He brings the baker and cupbearer into Joseph's Care God, in his faithful providence, gives the baker and the cupbearer almost parallel disturbing dreams on the exact same night. God, in his faithful providence, gives Joseph a living faith that trusts God will give him the correct interpretation. God, in his faithful providence, gives Joseph the shocking yet correct interpretation. The cupbearer will be restored while the baker Will be hung. Then, in his faithful providence, God brings about exactly what Joseph had interpreted. As it says in verse 22 Pharaoh did for the baker and the cup baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. And now, God has faithfully and providentially set up the cupbearer at the right hand of Pharaoh so that in just the right moment, the cupbearer before Pharaoh will finally remember Joseph. Though the cupbearer really had forgotten Joseph and the faith-filled care for him that Joseph had shown, the Lord had not forgotten him. The Lord remembered. In church family... Neither has God forgotten us. Jesus is God's ultimate statement of remembrance, of his faithfulness, of his steadfast kindness toward us, of his constant advocacy on our behalf. You and I, we may forget, we will forget, other people may forget us and will fail us, but God did not forget us in our sin. In fact, when we had failed to show God the steadfast love and kindness that he deserves, in fact, we were his enemy, he had mercy on us and showed us his steadfast love by sending us his son. Is this not astonishing grace and still today he continues to pour out to pour out his kindness to us more than any other person in our lives we can praise God for our faithful friends for our faithful family for our faithful church family who continue to go on loving us day after day but even these people the best of people will fail But the Lord will never fail us. Listen to Psalm 27, verse 10. My father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Maybe you are someone who you felt like you've been forsaken by your father or your mother by your your family, well, you have a Lord who will take you in, a Father, a good Father in heaven. Worship team, will you please now return? Church family, maybe there are areas today where you are tempted to feel forgotten by the Lord. Maybe an unmet desire that continues to go unmet day after day let's remember this morning that we have a faithful and steadfast savior Christ Jesus the Lord a Lord who has entered into the holy of holies on our behalf entered his kingdom who has entered into paradise we have a sure and certain promise that he even now is remembering us in the presence of the Father as we remembered him today, as we took the bread and the wine. So right now he's remembering us by his blood in the presence of the Father, advocating for us before the Father. For though people will fail us, God is our faithful advocate so we can walk by faith in him. Let's now sing together about the steadfast love of our Savior if you want to stand. And we are going to sing how deep, how wide, how long, how vast the love of Jesus, how sure, How sweet, how strong, how vast His love for us.